0: You're listening to Episode 37 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's
1: chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich.
0: Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is all about the fundamentals when it comes to raising tweens and teens. I chat to Sasha Kaluri. She's renowned for her work in the tween and teen space and her trademark style of being very open and very honest. So I'm sure you'll appreciate her style in our chat today. We talk about challenges, the reality, the rewards and the insights about aspects such as career and work life and how this is changing and will continue to change in the years to come. And of course, we do mention social media and we listen to Sasha's comments on the starting age when it comes to social media. So make sure you stay tuned in for that one. Without further ado, let's get the chat started with Sasha. Sasha Kaluri is the CEO for The Motivational Company. She's a well-renowned and leading motivational speaker for school groups, parents, teachers, universities, colleges, corporate companies and government agencies for the past two decades. She does over 150 presentations a year. Sasha is the author of The Two Worlds of Your Teenager, an internationally acclaimed book. She's also had weekly columns written in the Herald Sun and she writes often for various newspapers and many online publications. Sasha is one of Australia's leading parenting experts in the teenage field and is often quoted in the media or speaking at educational events. She is one half of the national TV show, The Sonia and Sasha Show, and together they also host a weekly radio show with Southern FM, with over 80,000 listeners each week, and they also host and produce two podcasts. Sasha is also co-owner and founder of Australia's largest youth educational event, the Australian Teenage Expo. She has many areas of expertise, including careers, motivation, bullying, cyberbullying, and cyber safety. She also talks about body image, stress management, teamwork, and leadership. She's definitely a people person and loves to connect with others, always leaving a lasting impact. And she certainly does this in the world of teens and tweens. Welcome to Chat About Children, Sasha. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I probably could have added more, Sasha, and then I had to stop myself and a part of me was kind of going... How do you do so much? But then, more importantly, Sasha, why do you do so much?
1: Well, the two reasons why I do this, Sonia, is number one is I'm a workaholic and I love my job. I love it to the core of who I am. I'm passionate about what I do. I would do my job for free if I could, but, you know, I need, NAB doesn't let me live in my house for free and Coles doesn't give me their shopping for free. So I love my job. And I guess the other thing is, is that not only is it because I'm passionate about it, I guess because I've got all of this information that I've gathered over all of these years, I figure I just need to keep giving it back. And yeah. parenting is the hardest job in the world. It
0: is hard and I feel like it gets harder in some ways or it changes as the kids get older. And as you know, chat about children, we we talk a lot about kids from birth to kind of age 12. But then a part of me is going, so many parents I talk to out there and my kids aren't there yet. We kind of have that mm, do we dread, do we get excited about the tweens and teens and all the changes coming up? And that's why you're here today, Sasha, because I'd love for you to share some of your wisdom and your expertise about how do we get ready if there's such a thing for our tweens and teens? Is there such a thing as being able to get
1: ready? Look, Sonia, what I've worked out is that in all of my time, I come from two when I speak to parents especially, I come from two voices. Number one, I come from the voice of a parent because I am a parent and I do have a twin, so I do understand exactly what they're going through and how they're feeling, so I really understand that. And I understand that parenting, no matter how many tools you can actually get, all of those parenting tips have to be given and have to be used when most likely you're under maximum amount of pressure. Okay, So it's not like you know, you're either doing it because you know, you'll you get that piece of advice and you'll try and implement it but you have to implement it with no sleep. You've now got to implement because you've had a, an argument with your partner, the other child's annoying you, you have to cook dinner, you've got financial stress and then you want me to put this brilliant strategy in place that you've given me, right? So yep. it's not so much. I think when people talk about strategies with parenting, they kind of try and look at them like you do in a corporate company. And you kind of say, well, this is the strategic process that that the company's going at. We should do A, B and C. Whereas with a family and raising children, you know it's A to Z via every kind of avenue known to mankind and you're doing it blindly and you have no idea and you're also living on the adrenaline of love. Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: that means that everything is clouded. Yes, absolutely. So I say everything, understanding that any strategy that I give to you, you're going to then have to use it with all of this stress going on and at different times, different amounts of stress going on. So there will be times at your life that you are an excellent parent and, you know, you are on the ball and then there are times when I've just recently lost my mum. So I'm in my own depths of my own stuff and at the same time I'm dealing with losing my mum I'm dealing with kids that have lost their grandmother so it's like I'm dealing with grief and a whole nother version of grief so my parenting skills may not be at the top of their game because I'm going through all of this stuff in my own life so what I really want parents to understand is that don't be so hard on yourself because life takes its course so if you kind of go oh I've tried that strategy it didn't work well you've probably tried that strategy But you've got a thousand other things going on.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's about keeping it real, isn't
1: it, Sasha? Oh, it's 100% keeping it. I mean, there's no way I've been at the top of my game in parenting straight after you. And then all of a sudden you do everything that you say I'm not supposed to do. And I've done it because, (laughs) you know, I'm devastated. I'm tired. My life's falling apart. What's going on? I can't be bothered going to work. I can't be and then you want me to listen to you, help you do your homework. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Are you absolutely yeah. kidding me? You want me to help you do your homework right now. There's nothing left in me. Yeah. So, and then, you kind of go, and then all it needs is for that parent to go back to the teacher and say, yeah, my mum doesn't read my readers with me at night time. Yeah, I'll tell you why I don't read my readers with you because your mum's barely getting off the couch. That's why. Because I'll tell you what's really going on in my life. So as a parenting expert, I certainly take into consideration what's going on in a parent's life in also to understand what they're doing in their life and so that I think is really important for parents to understand in the process this is going to be a roller coaster ride right? some days you will nail it get it right you'll go to bed going I've done really well and other days you'll say okay I need to do a bit better tomorrow
0: <laughs> yeah and I think look you're really highlighting a really key important thing here Sasha it's a process i don't think there's ever a time that you just go as a parent you don't go I've got this, okay, today I yeah. feel like I've now understood how it all works. It just doesn't happen that way and I think once you accept that and you just go, it's all a process, I'm learning each day as I go and within myself, with the resources I have today, I'm just going to give it my best and be okay with that. Yeah. I think that's really important is just accepting that it is a process, that it is not and a... know. no,
1: the kids will still have therapy for it anyway. Because you're going to screw up. Do you know what I mean? Like I look at it and I say, my kids often will say, I don't want to film you and show you what you're doing right now. I bet everyone would like to see you yelling and doing all of this sort of stuff, you know? And I'm like, yeah, show, show it, go for your life. Because I'm really trying to be real that this is the toughest job ever. Yeah. Yeah. And look, they talk
0: about, or they, but often you hear talk about being vulnerable, being yourself, being authentic. And I think Sasha, that's part of it, you know, and that's part of probably why you do so well at what you do because you are relatable because people go, oh, hang on, actually she's speaking my language and that's part of why I wanted to chat to you because I think you do keep it real it's it's not polished and it's not this is how the perfect parenting you know model works for getting ready for your tweens and I think going back to that question how do we get ready for them I mean you tell me but if we look at some of the core stuff and we're looking at parents and professionals working with kids mostly you know in the early years the three or let's let's talk about the three most important things but I've heard a theme in all the episodes I've recorded, and one of them is certainly fostering a relationship of trust with your kids and fostering a connection with your kids. What are those core things that you just think, you know, no matter how old they are, these are the key things that we've just got to foster as best we can?
1: Look, I think on a daily basis, kind of like any other relationship, on a daily basis, you need to work on that relationship. You need to And it's not just such a matter of how was your day and what's going on. It's it's finding ways that you can have a conversation with your children. So for me, we have long car drives. So our conversations are really big in the car. And some days we have great conversations and other days we don't have great conversations. And then we also have, I make sure that bedtime is a good time of conversation. We're not, you know, every now and then my kids will come and talk to me while I'm cooking, but at the same time you've got there's a competitiveness everyone's trying to talk to me at the same time so I'm not going to have that best rich conversation as much as I am going to have you know when I'm alone with them in you know, when I'm putting them to bed different kids need require different things i mean my two children are completely different they require such different things so one of them is very sporty so the way that i connect with him is let's go outside and play basketball and we'll shoot some hoops And, you know, I'm shooting more hits than I ever thought, you know, it was known to mankind or I'm out there playing cricket. And that is certainly not my thing. But that's the way that I can communicate with him. Whereas the other one, he's an art kid and so we can communicate through movies and art and poetry and all of that kind of stuff. So I have to find each other's language. I guess that's my thing is to find their language on how they best talk and then be able to mix it in with your own. So... You know, I've had to kind of learn how to go out and shoot basketball hoops and that's not my thing. I've had to go out and go, right, in order for me to make a connection with this child, I have to be able to do that.
0: Yes, yeah. Because that's, that's key, what isn't it requires. And I think what you're saying there is it's not always about what the parent wants or how we think it should be. It's more about how do I actually connect with this person in a way that's meaningful to them. That's really and the key. Yeah.
1: And I think it's also about... Sharing times, sharing information that's relevant to the child and age appropriate to the child. So, all of a sudden, as my child starts to grow up, they're starting to ask more and more questions. So, I'm kind of thinking, right, I'm now starting to give a little bit more information away, more information about myself, more information about the questions that they're asking about life and you know, sex of boys and girls and relationships and all of that. So I'm kind of going, right, where are you at? How much information can I actually give you on that sense rather than blurting it all out? And I do actually think it's really important that you need to start to reveal something of yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, that helps with the relationship, doesn't it? And the trust too. And that, I guess, them yeah, feeling understood. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, definitely. I mean, it, look, you know, my son's 11 and he started to talk about girls and all of this sort of stuff. And then we were walking somewhere the other day and I said, oh, you know, I used to go there when I was younger. And he said, oh, when did you do that? I said, well, I used to do that when I was, you know, with one of my boyfriends. And he's like, you had a boyfriend before dad? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I just said, yeah, I did have a boyfriend. Now, I would never have given him that information. But now he's starting to kind of go, ah. Oh, there was someone before mum, and you know, he's starting to grasp that. I mean, I'm not going to go into major details of how we got together, how we broke up, but all of a sudden, he's like, mum had a boyfriend before dad. Yep,
0: yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Small steps for them to process, Sasha, just little yeah. small steps because they do have As a sure vision they- of you, don't they? They have a certain, you know, way of looking at mum, yeah, <laughs> in their world. And you're right, I think it's just kind of those little incremental getting to know mum outside of that mum role, mum and dad, and, and what, or whatever the dynamic is. So, okay, great. So not, well, ca- that, not catastrophizing information all at once, but little small steps.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's really exactly right. And then as time will go on, when he's in a relationship and that breaks up, I can then go back and say, Do you remember, mum? I told, Well, now I'll tell you how we got together. Now I'll tell you how we broke up. Now I'll tell you how heartbroken I was. Because all you're seeing is just dad and I. And that, that's not my life. Yes.
0: Yes. You know, that makes like, so much that's, sense. That's, Keeping it relevant. You know,
1: it's little bits of information. If I sat him down and said, hey, I had a boyfriend, this is how we got together and this is how we broke up, he broke my heart, and he'd be like, what's going on with mum? <laughs> yeah. You know, who yeah. is this woman? So it's small increments of information so that they can actually feel like I give you a little bit of me, you give me. It's kind of like a friendship. If yeah. you and I are just talking and all it is is me telling you about myself and you're not sharing back with anything with me, then it needs to be a share, share. Obviously, you know that you're talking to a a child, so they're going to share way more than you're going to share about yourself. But there's those little bits that you can actually give back. And I'm big on laughing. I laugh on everything. Like there's nothing that I don't laugh about, nothing that I don't say. Can we have a laugh about that? Can we have a laugh? Yeah. All all the time. And sometimes they're not happy with that. They don't like it. Yeah. You know, like, Mum, you're being insensitive. Hang on a minute. And I'll actually laugh at myself saying, oh, I made that. I think the other thing is also letting your kids know when you've made mistakes. Like, I made a mistake. How was your day? Something happened to me today. I made a mistake and I'm not feeling good today. Yes, yes. That's the big thing, I think, as far as letting them know.
0: Yeah, and getting them inside. It also, I guess, helps them understand, well, you don't always have perfect days. Things aren't always rosy for you but what do you actually do about that how do you manage that how do you talk about that how you talk through it and what actions do you take to help yourself move through it it's fantastic and even
1: your own friendships i think it's really important for them to be involved in your own friendship and see how you interact with each other yeah and again i can't say that everything is going to be perfect because you know, we can certainly say all the time, oh, you know, you should, your children should never see you argue. You shouldn't. shouldn't do. Well, in the reality, that's not going to fit my life. I mean, I do my absolute best, 100%, to not let my kids be around my husband and I when we argue. But like, I'll go, hey, let's get out. But that's not always going to happen like that. Yep, yep. And, again,
0: you're painting that real picture, aren't you? Well, is...
1: because my husband and I are never alone. So when are we going to argue alone? <laughs> <laughs> we're literally like you know what are we supposed to say i'll book you in next week to fight about that issue yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: you know let's organize a babysitter and then we'll chat about it then or we'll chat about it when the kids go to bed well i'm probably gonna fall asleep by the time they go to bed because i'm so angry at <laughs> you <laughs> yeah
0: yep yeah. and yeah look you're right i'm gonna come back to keeping it real sasha that's kind of one of your trademarks i think So I guess like moving along that topic of, you know, the way we talk to kids and the topics we talk to them about in parenting, it's kind of like you do it on a needs basis or as you go when it's relevant for them and you share as they need sharing, if you like. What about if I can take you to a lot of the work that you do at schools, because you do heaps of talks at schools all over the place and all over the world. What are schools, what Mm. are they mostly wanting you to talk about with their students?
1: One of the things I personally speak to young people about is making positive career choices. Mm -hmm. So how do they actually find out who they are? Yep. And I've come from that because growing up I didn't really have those opportunities to be able to make those career choices until later on in life and then kind of it it amalgamated into this particular job that I'm doing now. But I'm really about self-awareness. I just desperately want kids and I'm not asking them to get to know themselves straight away. I just want to feed them the information and the questions they need to constantly ask themselves. So who are you? How do you get to know you? And as a parent, how do you get them to get to know themselves? So notice things about themselves. Notice. Have you noticed that all the things that you watch on YouTube, like I'm a big person. We don't have headphones in our household, okay, Mm -hmm. because I need to be able to listen to what my kids are listening to, okay? So I'm not, you know, we can say as much as we want that we know what our kids are watching on YouTube and that, you know, in the perfect world of fantasy, then you would be on it, but that's not true. So the only way that I can really monitor that is by making sure that I can hear it. If I hear something that's inappropriate or not right, then I can jump on board and go, right, so I can be chopping up a, I carrot, it and I can be listening to what's going on and on their YouTube, even though I'm not participating in, it, in what they're doing. And then I can have conversations with them around that. So I think that in a sense where when you're connecting with them, you can then say, have you noticed on YouTube you're watching this constantly? What is it about that that you like? So one of the things that I say to young people all the time is what is it that you want to learn about when no one's asking you to learn about it? Great. Okay, what is it that you instinctively, when you're in the school library, you go to that section because you are drawn to it. You like that. So they're always bringing home a fantasy book. They're always bringing home a biography. They're always bringing home this. You will see that there's a trail of information that they're actually leading towards that. They're growing up and they're reading more adult books or they're they're constantly in the kid mode or whatever it might be in a kid's story because they like that. That's what they do. So what is it that they're reading? What is it that if there are adult conversations they want to get involved in? What are the kind of topics in an adult conversation that they seem to be much more interested? My kids are very rarely interested in an adult conversation. They don't want to be a part of it. But if we're talking about a movie review, my son just pops up, Mm -hmm. right? Why? Because that's his thing. And it doesn't matter what movie it is. He'll kind of go, well, what movie is that? Tell me about the story of that. And I'll be like... It's an adult movie. Can't talk about it, blah blah blah. But sometimes you can give a bit of that information. So, what is it that they're watching? What do they wanting to? What is it that when they talk about this stuff, they get excited? Like they're pumped and excited. They can't wait to talk to you about it, or not just you. They can't wait to talk to about somebody else about it. They're asking questions about it. If they're on social, if they're starting to get on social media, start to see the kind of things that they follow. Not because you're stalking them, because that's the kind of thing that they're interested in
0: yes yes absolutely so if
1: there's the thing that they're interested in makeup tutorials well then that's kind of giving you something that it's telling you about that child so that's kind of go that's my in on how I actually in to start talking to them about that whether you're the mum or the dad it doesn't really matter
0: yep the key thing is just observing those patterns those behaviors what are their interests what are they? naturally tending toward and i guess that also is good for absolutely. parents because it steps you away it gives you a, a bit of distance from your own stuff and what you might want them to do to step back and just go what do they what are they drawn to and then i guess the ideal would be and how can i as a parent kind of foster and nurture that so they can explore it a bit more or they can at least absolutely. Have, you know, that kind of thing
1: absolutely and so get involved even if it goes against the grain, of you might sort of think, oh, how are you going to be able to turn that into a career? What's that going to do? It's not about turning that into a career. It's actually about just allowing them to explore that and get it out of their system. Check it out. Learn about it. Get involved in it. See what it's about. And then it could turn into a hobby or it could turn into an, an extra outside of a career. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's the main path that they're gonna go down. They're really interested in that sense. My six year old is obsessed in make and I say makeup tutorial in like theatrical makeup. Like he wants to see how they put on makeup like Shrek or The Grinch or somebody else like that. And he's six years old and last Christmas I said, What do you want from Santa? And he said, oh, I want a makeup kit. And everyone kept on saying to me, Oh, your son wants a makeup kit and I said, Yeah, he does. And they're like, oh, you know, you've got a boy that's going to want to wear makeup. And I said, I got him a makeup kit because he wants to do like this theatrical stuff. Yeah. Whereas everyone was kind of saying to me, oh, like, mm, have you got a boy that wants to wear makeup? And I'm like, if I did have a boy that wants to wear makeup, that's fine with me. But I know exactly what he wants to do with it. He wants to be able to do all of this other stuff. He wants to be able to like put black all over his face and and so my thing is is. Is, am I then flourishing a child to then grow up to be a makeup artist for movies? No, I mean he might, a side project, he, I mean for all I know he could be a banker and on a side project he, on the weekends he does a few gigs where he does some makeup tutorial, you know, does some makeup for small films. Yep,
0: absolutely, you know, I'm absolutely.
1: Not, I'm not saying that needs to be your career. I'm just saying get into it that's going to open up a whole field of information and stuff that you're going to get involved in where that leads who knows where that leads we're not necessarily punching it because as far as kids go now if you a year 12 of statistics say that a year 12 of 2020 they'll probably do about 29 jobs in about seven different industries within their lifetime wow so most likely you want to be able to flourish and let them go. And they most likely won't have a full-time job. They will have small things and, you know, they will have a job and then they may be doing a couple of side projects that they're working on that are completely all out of the box. Yes. So when I do say that, in one sense my son can, you know, go and, and work in an industry where there's sport and then on the weekend he does horror makeup for short clips or for... Halloween costumes or whatever, you know, Halloween parties, whatever it might be, and they're completely two different industries, but they're earning human income from something. Yeah. So that's why you need to flinch. As parents, we need to understand they're not going to just have that nine-to-five thing that we might have had or it's going to be a different way of looking at it.
0: Yeah. And it has been changing over the years, definitely. And Absolutely. we're obviously getting yeah. it more and more. And then we're kind of going, okay, what skills do kids need to have to prep them for the changing future, if you like? But I think it comes down to one of the key ones. And that's what you've mentioned, which is self-awareness. And if we can start slowly building that and getting them to know themselves, getting them to trust themselves, know themselves, trust their instincts, understand themselves better, then you know, I guess the going into the world with what we call one of those 21st century life skills, that's going to help them a lot more in terms of, you know, other things that we traditionally might be pushing onto them or expecting of them, which may not be relevant looking at, you know, the next decades to come. Does that sound about mm-hmm. right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I guess the other thing is I'm, I'm big on that I think is really good that I've learnt, with, I've learnt professionally as well as being a parent is that, I've learned that it's constantly about saying, just do it yourself. Really encourage them. It's not about getting out there with me all the time and shooting the hoops. You actually need to understand you need to do it yourself.
0: Yeah. So giving them that avenue, that opportunity to try things on their own in a safe way, obviously, and you're kind of their support and their guide. And that's an important way to just kind of take away that too much of the cotton wool. Yeah. In. Yeah. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. So tell me, Sasha, what would you say? would be kind of a couple of the top common challenges that you think tweens and teens are facing in today's current worlds. Like, And what are they telling you? Because you talk to so many tweens and teens, so you've got all the insider scoop. What are they telling you? Maybe what are they telling you that they're not telling their parents?
1: So I would say that if we are talking about tweens, I would say that to be very conscious of their social media, very, very conscious of I am a big believer social media says that you can't be on until you're 13. So keep your kids off of it as long as possible. Now, I know that they're going to say, can I please get on it? Can I play?" And oh, I'm going to give them an Instagram account and oh, I'm going to start with just Snapchat and I'm going to just start with that. It's not about saying what can go, you know, it's no big deal. It's about making sure that young person is ready when something goes wrong. Yes. Because when it goes wrong very, very fast, so you might have an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old that you think, okay, in one child, they're no way ready, okay? Like they're just not mature enough. And then you might have another child that you think, oh, I could potentially do that. So the rules are none between none until you're 13, at least till at 12. And those rules are there because... Not because I put in those rules there, because Instagram and Snapchat and all of these people, they have put their rules there. So if they're putting the rules there, it's kind of for a good reason. You know, like wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be to their advantage if we opened it up and said anyone that was got to five could have a social media? They would love it. It would increase their amount of people, you know, tenfold. But they have put that on there because they understand that it's not right. I think it's really important to band together with other parents. I've literally gone to other parents and said, listen, I'm saying no, okay? I'm saying no. So I'm just telling you, if you get home and you come home and say, ah, blah, 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 mum said she's allowed, I'm just telling you, my answer is already no, just in case my kids manipulate me and all that. So if as a group of parents we collectively say no, then you're not going to get that pressure.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point because that's often where the pressure comes from, isn't it, when the kids come home and, yeah, they're talking about what everyone else is doing and what they've got and that kind of thing. So, and I think it also brings up an important point of respecting what another parent might want or might not want for their child. And what I mean by that, and I'll kind of use a, I'll take it down to younger years. So let's say screen time. So before we get to social media years, but screen time you know, parents and families have different rules around screen time boundaries. And so if kids come for a play date or my kids are somewhere for a play date, that's often something that will come up. Hey, are your kids allowed to watch X amount of, or can they watch blah? And I found now it's become more of that kind of respectful question of respecting each other's ways of parenting that you just go, you know what, I don't let them watch TV or they've watched their half hour or whatever it is. And that parent goes, no worries, we'll just keep them outside or not. They're not going to play those games or whatever the the case may be. But I think someone's got to bring it up and just be comfortable and okay with it, not worry about the judgment. And the same thing applies here with social media. Not happy for my kids to be on it till this age, just letting you know, and hopefully you get that respect back from the parent circle that you're within to kind of honor that and have that kind of explicit conversation. So thank you. That's a very important point to bring up for parents that might be feeling a little bit unsure.
1: And not be scared. Look, and that's easy to say, but if you've got another parent that's quite intimidating, then it brings your own insecurities up as well for whatever reason that you're kind of like, oh, this is not the kind of person I would hang out with. It's not the person I would make friends with. So you're asking me to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone that's outside of my boundaries of who I would be with for whatever reason, and that's the child that my child's decided to be friends with. You know, it's not all a perfect world where we're all going to be friends because our kids are friends. Especially when you, it's a a little bit easier in primary school because parents tend to see each other much more to be able to have those conversations earlier. Yes. You know, and to kind of plan it and have conversations. I mean, often, especially if you've got kids that are older and then you've got a younger kid. So, with my younger son, I'm actually starting to have those conversations now with the parents because just to get it out in the open, let's just get this out in the open because we're going to talk about it now and we're kind of establishing our own friendships because our kids are younger. By the time five or six years come and we do need to really have those conversations, you will already know what my opinion is. Yes, yes, yeah. So you're starting to drop hints. It's kind of just like with parenting. You give them small doses of information. You know, if you stand up at the party and go, no social media for my kids, then they're going to go, that's a freak. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But if you kind of like I'm dropping some information, hey, we don't do screen time, we don't do this or I don't do this, how do you feel about that? Because don't think that you're the, the best parent in the world because often you can learn from other parents and say, hang on a minute, I'm doing 30 minutes of screen time, you're doing an hour and a half but you seem to be getting better results out of your homework than what I'm doing. So maybe, you know, like whatever expert can say, maybe the hour and a half is going to work better in my house. Don't think that you've got down pat of the monopoly of knowing everything.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think what it comes down to is every family is different. Every kid is different. And that's where you've got to just start to communicate. For my kid, this is what works and this is what doesn't and bring that awareness out. And I think that's part of it because we can't make assumptions about other people's kids or teens or tweens. And I guess we've got to respect that they will hope that they're not going to make the assumptions back. But it happens. It happens, Sasha. So I think unless we're the ones that are communicating it because we know our kids best, they're not going to know otherwise. So I think that's kind of part of that communication model. But it must get hard when they get to high school. And I haven't even asked my parents this one, but, you know, kids can be going to high schools out of the area, completely new. And I know parents recently I've spoken to are just like, I'm feeling a bit lost. My kid's just gone to high school and I don't know any of the families there and they're in stress mode. What do you suggest for those parents in terms of how do they try to connect in an already kind of already disconnected parenting world?
1: Well, that's when you may not be able to connect with the parent, but you connect with the other child. So you create a a space where that child actually feels comfortable connecting with you so that when they do come to your place, or you are picking them up, and they might not necessarily come to your house. But you will start to do the pickups and have kids in your car and that sort of stuff and create an environment where everyone can start to have a conversation. They feel like they're comfortable with you. Therefore, they'll start to reveal information about their family. They'll start... So you're not necessarily making friends with the parent. You're actually making friends with the kid. And you also need to understand it's not your friend. Yes. So it's your child's friend. So you're not there to make friends with them. You're there to... I want to get to know who my child is actually... Hanging out with? What are your opinions on things? What do you do with that, yes. you know, without being stalking them? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm big on come to my house and hang out at my house or creating that space. But then again, not all families can do that. You yeah. know, in the perfect world, you'll say, oh, well, my husband works night shift and so you can't come to my house because during the day, you know, they're sleeping. So you find another way to connect. You go, I'll be the one that drives them around because. We can't necessarily come to my house and do that stuff. So how else am I going to find that? I'll be the one that will go, hey, do you want to go to the movies? And I'll spend the day doing stuff. Yeah, it's a really a tough way. It's not easy. It's not easy. Or the other thing is getting involved in their school. I'm really big on finding what are the kids reading at school? So what are the books? And try reading them. If you cannot read them, get the audio book and listen to it in a car trip or even watch, you know, a few YouTube clips so you have a the gist of what's going on in your novel so then you can start to speak about it.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That brings back again that one point of commonality, find something that you've got in common that you can then go from there and connect with. Totally. Now tell me, yeah. I'm going to switch now to your book, Sasha, The Two Worlds of Your Teenager. Broadly it, it describes two big areas, doesn't it, about yep. kids. Yep. You can talk about it, but what are those two broad areas that you talk about, The Two okay. Worlds?
1: So The Two Worlds of Your teenager is a book that I co-wrote with my business partner, Sonia Karras, who is also a professional speaker in schools and she speaks about drugs and alcohol and safe partying. And so her and I wrote that book together because my expertise around careers and hers is around safe partying. And what happens is at the same time that young people start to want to go out and push the barriers regarding partying and alcohol and drugs and you know, nightclubs and, and all types of parties at the same time is when they're making choices around subjects that they need to pick at school or part-time jobs or career choices. So as a parent, they start to, you know, you've just got used to parenting a tween and all of a sudden, especially if it's your first child or a child, you know, that you kind of like, this one's different to the other ones, you are then... As a parent, you're kind of freaking out thinking, how do I manage these two worlds? They're going out and then now they're new subjects and I don't know about either of them because the last time we probably stepped into a nightclub or it was a long time ago and we know now things are a little bit different. So and we also know things are different with career choices. So this book is really about guiding a parent when both of those worlds come crashing at the same time so that they can actually manage them and give that young person the best advice possible. And really, it's a book about staying connected with your kids. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that's definitely one of the core messages. And it's done quite well, Sasha. What do you think's made the book such a success?
1: Well, I guess maybe we've worked really hard to make it a success. That's probably (laughs) what's made it a success. Because there's nothing really like that out there and I guess that parents have really asked for the fact that, wow, you're right, at the same time, there are two massive areas in their life and we also talk about social media and relationships and all of this just hits you as a parent, like with a ton of bricks where one minute you're going and helping them get a part-time job and a resume and the next minute they're you know lying about their, where they are or you know, they're drinking alcohol, sneaking alcohol or wanting to have a party or wanting to get fake ID. And then the other sense, they're picking subjects for where they want to go for a career. And all of this hits you as a parent. And like we have said before, parenting is the hardest job in the world. And so we want to do it as best as possible. So this book is about guiding a parent through that stage.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So that's the two worlds of your teenager. Yeah. And as I said, it's done really well. And I think for good reason, it's probably something that you've, got a lot of positive feedback about where parents just go, thank you. You're understanding the world that I'm living in and what our family is going through right now. So that's fantastic. I'm mindful of time, Sasha. And one thing I wanted to touch on before we finish our chat is to firstly say thank you for your part in co-founding the Australian Teenage Expo, because that's a huge accomplishment. Can you help us learn a little bit more about that, how it came about and what it's about?
1: The Australian Teenager Expo, how that came about was both Sonia and I, we, over the years, have worked with hundreds and hundreds of different organisations, whether it's a school or a government agency or a not-for-profit organisation, organisations that work, corporate companies that work with teenagers. And so we almost had this teledex of network in our mind that we kind of thought we need to be able to get this out to people and put them into one big event. And that was how it started. And then we literally had the Melbourne showgrounds and we would put on an expo and then also put on a show, which organically became known as the Sonia and Sasha show. And that was about us getting up and speaking. And we would have two or three shows a day with 3,000 kids in each show and then kids would go out and meet a whole range of different networks of people that would, you know, gain benefit for them to be able to network with them. And then now we've put it all online where you can literally, as a parent or a teenager or somebody who works with a teenager, can kind of guide them. Because there's hundreds and thousands of different organisations that help young people, parents and also educators of parents. And. We don't know about it until we get into that trouble. So we're about going, we want to be able to give you that information because I can't solve every problem, but there's an organisation that can help you with mental health or there's an organisation that can help with domestic violence or sexual health or how to help them, you know, get a job or how to get a resume or how to make them be healthy, whatever it might be. There's an organisation for everything, but it's about giving you the access to that. And we're really big about saying, Let's share that information because if we share that information, we're going to be mentally healthier and be better parents and be better teenagers growing up because we've got we're utilizing all those options and it's just about self awareness. It's about being happy and it's about learning because it's tough. Yeah, you want yeah. tough conversations that have got the benefit in them. You know, absolutely, and
0: you're right. It's getting the message out there and the awareness and getting the right specialized help or support when we need it and it's there and you and Sonia have had that ability to build the network and then you're going well let's just get it out there and I think the expo has been amazing for that can you tell us a little bit about how to find out more about the expo about the book about the work that you and Sonia do where do people go to find all that Sasha oh
1: look you can find it on our website so we have it's pretty basic. It's Sonya and Sasha. It's au. So you can find out all that information or you can look me up on uh, Sasha Kaluri, S A C H A K A L U R I.com. Fantastic. So, Sasha, on a finishing note, what's your key
0: message oh, to parents of soon to be teens? What's your key message? Uh,
1: look, get to know them. And get to know them, get to know them, notice things, notice things on a daily basis, just have conversations with them on a daily basis. That's all it is. It's just about you already love them with every part of your heart and soul because you're listening to this. So you're already an amazing parent because you're already asking for help. So you're already doing a really good job. And it's just about connecting with them over and over and over because that one day that they're going to come to you with something they're going to feel like they can talk to you. And that's when you go, oh, it's happened. It worked. All these years (laughs) of connecting and then that one day when they're brokenhearted or they've made a really silly decision or they've made a mistake or they've done something, they're going to tell you the truth or they're going to connect with you or they're going to be able to see that. Well, the other thing is if you can't connect with your kids, if you can't, give them an avenue of somebody else that they can connect to, okay, because if you can't do it and lots of dynamics... You might be a completely different person to your child. You just don't get along. You argue over everything. You know, you don't agree on things and stuff like that can happen. Give them a connection of somebody else that they can contact or that you know that they can actually talk to because there's going to be things that most likely they're not going to want to talk to you about. And no matter how much you've done this brilliant job, they're not going to be able to talk to you about So say to them, you can talk to auntie blah, 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 or you can talk to Uncle this or you know my friend or... They've connected with another adult or you can actually go and speak to one of their teachers or, mean, you know, in a group that they may have formed, the basketball coach or the footy coach, whoever that might be, kind of go up and say, be really vulnerable and say, hey, arguing with my kid every day. We're not connecting. I'm trying my absolute best. There's something going on. It takes a village to raise a child. Can you help me out? Can you have a conversation? Because they really like you. They'll listen to you. I need some help. And you be that for somebody else's kid. So if one of your friends say to them all the time, hey, you know that, you know you can tell me anything, you know you can trust me and I won't tell mum or dad, you know, you can come and talk to me. You be that for somebody else's kid and you do because it's not always going to be perfect. My kids are not always going to talk to me and no matter how much work I'll put into it, which is why kids reach out to us so much because they're kind of going, I can't talk to my mum or dad, but I don't know why I feel like I can connect with these guys. So I'm going to tell them stuff.
0: Yep. Yep. That avenue of safety. And I think that's important to mention too, because if it's not you, you want it to be someone that you can also trust. And if you can guide them along that path, then you kind of have a little bit of way of knowing where that mentoring or guidance is coming from yeah. rather than them kind of going into the wilderness and you know, coming across something that just may not work for them or for you and the family. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, Sasha, you don't connect with one of their friends that can't give them the right advice. Not to say that their friends aren't giving, but yeah, you want to make sure that you and not don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. Kind of go, oh, they're talking to them, but they're not talking to me. No, that's great. They're talking. They're talking. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That is fantastic. Sasha, I'm so appreciative of your time and sharing so much of yourself, what you do personally and professionally within the family environment. And for all the the teens and tweens that you chat to in schools all over the world, I think it's just amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. You're passionate about it. It's so obvious and it's making a massive difference to so many people. And some you get the, the success stories and some you just know in your heart you know, that change and that positive transformation is happening. And that's part of, I think, what fuels you. So thank you for all that you do.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: A wonderful chat there with Sasha Kalori. She's refreshingly real in her approach and has a lot of wisdom to share along the way. If you have enjoyed today's episode of Chat About Children, please do share with family, friends, and colleagues who you know will find value from the information shared. Also, if you haven't already done so, I would be super grateful for you to leave a review and a rating for the podcast. And if you want to check out show notes and other handy resources, remember to look at the website, chataboutchildren.com. Thank you so much for joining in the chat today. I celebrate you and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestelic, www.chataboutchildren.com.